I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. Pardon our dust. We've been busy. Matt and myself have had, uh, you know, stuff going on, right? That's right. <laughs> I've been out of town, been busy. MWR.com's website where we're on our draft profiles. Better better late than never, Matt, as we say. Plus, as we all know, people who are going to look for look at these, if they're college fans, they should have a general idea of who, say, Jillian Moreno Cropper is or, you know, JL Skinner. This is for... When the draft ends, when that random Houston Texans, Seattle Seahawks, Miami Dolphin man goes, who the heck is is a uh, Daniel Gutierrez? And we have no, okay, so no, what... but here, here's I think the the best example from last year uh, was Deron Bland, who yeah. was was picked in the fifth round uh, by the Dallas Cowboys. I believe it was the fifth round, and. You know, even after just one year of Fresno State, I think, you know, there were there were a few draft profiles out there. But I I, I think based on what I can recall from last year's page use, a lot of Cowboys fans learned at least a little bit about Bland before he was starting for them in the playoffs last year. So every once in a while, we 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 kind of know what we're talking about when we say that a guy's worth watching in the in the, in the draft. Yeah, he was the guy I remember last year, like, well, he's going to move up. You got. The good things for his work, pro days and workouts, and be like, all right, here's who to watch. So that's what we'll do this time, Rob. Okay, well, we're no NFL experts. We, um, but we're, I would but say, we're West enthusiasts. So yeah. you know, we might be preaching in the choir a little bit since you know our, our primary audience is Mountain West football enthusiasts. But I, I think a, a lot of them would probably share uh, our, our sort of viewpoints on this, and maybe you know, for those who are less familiar, we enlighten them a little bit. Yeah, that's the plan. They'll see, oh, there's a draft of Mountain West. Like, oh, um, you have uh, Jay Kaner. People know who that. That's a pretty big name. Kyle Patterson, interesting name for Air Force if he'll get draft or not. Jail Skinner is a pretty big name, obviously, from the draft um, draft profiles or draft. Uh, what, do, what am I trying to say here? Draft pros- prospect. Is that the proper word I'm looking mm-hmm. for from Boise State? <laughs> I'm like, wait, that word doesn't make sense, that one. So we'll let people know. It's for us to just kind of screw around, see who who could be un- like under the radar. Who's a player we like that they may not like in the pros? Because there's guys who they do amazing things, but they might be 
an inch short and 30 pounds too light to be considered like how much did we like like calvin tyler jr from hawaii like smaller guy did, did get, or no calvin again was it calvin, turner, about calvin turner jr i apologize that's so similar yes i'm referring to last year calvin <laughs> turner jr from hawaii mistake i apologize that mistake that it has to be a common mistake right or is it just me it's it's close enough. I could see where people might get confused, but go go ahead, continue. The Hawaii the Hawaii do it all back receiver returner, a little bit smaller in stature. Only played one year at FBS. Played I think a non scholarship Jacksonville State. I want to say before he went to out west. Just Jacksonville, but yes. Oh, Jacksonville. No, okay, thank you again. Sorry, I'm getting there. But the guys like that who are just a little bit undersized, a little bit this, amazing in college. Not quite the pros. We'll see what like Bryce Young, who's five ten and whatever. That's kind of a similar situation, but he's probably still going number one to uh, the but the uh, Panthers. Mm-hmm. So there's always guys that production-wise, we'll see what they go. So the draft starts Thursday. I don't know what time it starts. Maybe I'll put up a how to watch the draft because I've been busy. And also, no amount most players are going to be taken around one, so it doesn't matter. So <laughs> let's do this. We've, we discussed before, didn't say. Who do you think is going to be the first player drafted from the Mountain West? Let's just start there. I think that it'll be JL Skinner. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that as well. He, I remember during, I know PFF does a lot of stuff on Twitter, obviously, during the pro days, combine, senior day. Like he was shooting up, like getting highlights posted about him, talking about his advanced numbers and scores, what he compares to other players. But he, it's the guy in the Boise, like he made a million plays. He still might not be a top 100 pick, but he could be a guy. Like we've seen how many defensive backs, like Andrew Wingard and other players within the league. Who get drafted either or undrafted in some cases and come out to be amazing. Don was it Demonte Casey with the Aztecs with the um the, the Giants for a couple of years? There's always seemed to be some DB within the Mountain West that comes out, makes a splash, and does reasonably well and better than people think. And I think he could be better than that, though. Yeah, and, and I think it helps at least this year that you know where a lot of the conversation has been about well, you know, how many first round quarterbacks there are, or you know, uh beyond. Or, you know, the fact that it's, we'll talk about, I'm sure a little bit later in this podcast, like there's a lot of really quality pass catchers, both at wide receiver and tight end in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. You don't really hear, or at least I haven't heard as much about the safeties in this year's draft. I think it's, you know, everybody's sort of in agreement that Brian Branch from Alabama is probably the, Mm -hmm. the one guy most likely to go in the first round, but that is where, you know, at least among others, like Dane Brugler over at the athletic, for example, had Skinner listed as a top 100 prospect. So, you know, given 32 picks per round plus some compensation picks here and there, you know, that is probably, day two pick, I would maybe. say, the, the loan projection for a day two pick, which, you know, it's not every year could be a banner year, but I do think that you know, given Skinner's background, given his physical profile, and I would say, despite the pectoral injury that he that he suffered not too long ago in the in the run up to you know the combine and things like that, that even despite that, I don't think it's likely that NFL teams are going to hold that against him for too long no, because I think he's going to be too I think he's going to be too good for a lot of teams to pass up in the middle rounds. Yeah, like his athletics. Is, is, do you have mock? I don't have it up here, but you did mock draftable. Like what what were, what were his comps? Do you recall what that was? Uh, you know, I don't have that up in front of me. If you want to vamp for a moment, I can yeah, find that. But like. And also one thing to consider too, like Boise State, like defensive backs or defensive general, like Leighton Van Der Esch, other guys, they people still think, oh, this offensive juggernaut. They've had so many 
players defensively do do something at the next level. Van Der Esch is the most biggest, the biggest or largest example would be very good at the Dallas Cowboys. But they have a track record. That's part of what the draft is sometimes. Oh, if you're a, say, running back from San Diego State, not including the past year or two, you'll get a shot in the league. Or if you're, say, a wide receiver playing a, a pass-heavy offense, oh, you'll probably get a shot. Like guys from Hawaii who sort of get looks here and there. So if they have a record of defensive players being – pretty good in NFL and really good in college. They'll kind of like, yeah, they'll be, they're not going to just say, oh, we'll put you up five spots because you play for that coach or system. But there's a good chance where you could get maybe the benefit of that a little bit if you um, play for a certain scheme or prior success in the pros from your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to uh, to sort of circle back momentarily to what you were asking before about mock draftable, Skin, some of Skinner's primary comps are, you know, Jordan Battle, who is, again, another prospect in this year's draft class that uh, is projected, I think, somewhere in the third or fourth round himself. Uh, and, you know, a guy like Morgan Burnett, who is a, a solid NFL secondary piece for a good long time. And I know that for his part, Skinner himself has even said that he models his game on Cam Chancellor, the guy I always thought of. And what I comped him to in, in the profile that I came up with was Deshaun Goldson. Because I was thinking back to those, you know, those 49er defenses under Jim Harbaugh and how Goldson was really the the hard-hitting guy that set the tone for what was, you know, ultimately a very physical defense. And I think that, you know, that is the sort of spiritual successor that Skinner really emulates. And you look at like what he what he's done, like athletics athleticism-wise. Like looking at Mark Draftable, like he's it's funny they put hand size like very small, but like his height, weight, and like the generic measurables are like near the top, but like his height, like for that also safety being six four, it's pretty rare. Cause yeah. it's I know I know DBs typically I know it's changed the past couple of years, maybe past decade, where you'd have guys like five ten be DBs and try to go up against like Mike Lurvin's like six four. It's like you have no shot. Or going up against Randy Moss, a more current guy, or even more current, like Justin Jefferson, or somebody within the past couple of years, not decades old. But safeties are bigger, and he's pretty like kind of slight, but to a nine, but it still gives him like speed wise, not like bulky, like a linebacker. But guys of that size, if you're safety, he can hang out there and like his arm reach, and like he can just those safeties just kind of sit back there and wait for the ball to come. And if he's ever has to be in coverage and he has to go against the tight end, six four is a reasonable size, he's not gonna be. He might be size-wise, like uh, bulk-wise, not quite there. Like if he has to go up against like Travis Kelsey or some other giant tight end in the NFL, like Dalton Schultz or something like that, who or, or um, Mark Andrews. That's but the height will can be right there and help him have to cover when he has to step up in coverage. And so if you can do a couple of things that that way, because because you're that size, yeah, you want to hang out and get the ball. But we've seen him make plays for Boise State. We see them do all sorts of amazing things for the for the defense there in Boise. But it's. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wondering if he could be, I have some other names in mind, but he might be, he's, I think he's for sure, almost for certain to be the first guy taken. take again. And if you're a top 100 pick, Matt, it's you're expected to probably maybe almost even start for your team if you're a top 100 pick or be very close to be a high-end rotational player. Yeah, and and that may be a little, there may be a little less pressure on Skinner, especially if he's still recovering from that pec, pec injury by the time training camp rolls around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for teams that are in the market for that sort of big physical safety, you're even in this year, even within this year's safety class, it's at least in terms of guys who are likely to be drafted, it's it's Skinner and it's Marte Mapu, who from uh, Sacramento State, uh, as the sort of those big rangy type guys. So I, I have to I have to think that, you know, with such a sort of scarcity on hand of those kinds of athletes, that's going to end up voting well for both of those guys. Like, I don't think either of them is likely to slip very far. Yeah. And look, you mentioned, was he in top 100? Was he, I'm trying to see him here, uh, the Buglers, 90, 92. So yeah, that's safety six. And so one thing, too, in the NFL, like, how many in the past couple of years, like, wide receivers are becoming not this, not necessarily this year's drafted more the tight end, but past catchers, mm-hmm. past couple of years. I know people are trying to see who, uh, Sorry, I'm blanking on this guy right now, but there's been so many wide receivers in the past couple of years that Justin Jefferson, obviously, and other guys coming out early, not early, but coming being drafted early, I should say. And maybe with a resurgence, not resurgence, but we'll just say, I guess, uh, depth of dearth of talent at that position, wide receiver, they're gonna need guys to guard Pete, guard somebody. So not that's not not that's not to say he could be taken higher than say he moves up to 70th pick or something. But I think you can see a lot of safeties and DBs going to kind of counteract what other teams are drafting with all these wide receivers that are so good. Like I saw Jackson Smith and Jigba and the Ohio state and the Rose Bowl versus Utah, like torched him. I know Utah was down players, but he was just rushing guys out there and he's going to be amazing. You're like Jordan Addison. He's number two receiver. Really? Like there's so many good receivers, like not as many as last year. Like people like Zay flowers out of BC, which is kind of weird to say BC has a great receiver just because they're, they're not a great team. Every, it doesn't every matter. once in a while they have a dude. Yeah, they do. Don't really bring up dude and BC. Like what? Like Adazio, one dude. On. Adazio. Like Matt, Matt <laughs> Ryan, a, for example. Yeah, they, they got Matt Ryan. They have um, Heisman finalist running back who basically was banned Andre from Williams. Going to, Andre Williams from going to games out of, on campus. But we don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again with uh, Adazio. We've talked about him plenty. But I do think Skinner's going to be a top guy. And as for like, there's a million trades. We're not going to project who's going to take him. But a team that wants is like a big guy who can make plays. Like, why not take take him to fit in your spot to be a player who can, with the length and reach, and just play and lock not necessarily lock somebody down, but go out and go. Oh, there's a ball flying! I'll run over and get. It. I got my giant stride of six foot four inches here, and I'll go steal that ball right away. That's what mm-hmm. I want to see from him. That'll be exciting. So, yeah, what other I, players? I, mean, are... I I do oh, think that like I'm you know because Minnesota has done a lot of you know rebuilding of their. Uh... Are they secondary this offseason? Have they not? I believe so. Yeah, they're doing a little bit there. I believe I'm not entirely sure here, but I've heard of they're making some moves. My biggest thing from Dalvin Cook, I've heard, but they are making some changes out there because they were really good last year, record wise. But the that point differential not very good when the defense gives up so many points. Yeah. 
But that, that, that's part. I'm not sure what they pick because what were they? They made the playoffs. They're probably I don't know, pick mid twenties. I'm guessing so that could be a potential for them. But that'd be kind of like set pick seventy maybe or an actually not eighty. Like that, yeah. Somewhere. So there's a chance he'll go to a. I guess a good fit you want to go for your player. It's like I know if you're late at the end, like we'll get these guys later. But like if you're like a six round pick, just go undrafted, like sign with your team and get a big bonus, <laughs> a bigger bonus. That'd be ideal. But going to a team where he can, like I said, if he's injured, he might go to a team to where well. Because it's hard. If you're that good, they'll take you, right? If you're good. Yeah. But if you have a, a lingering injury, it's like, well, he could drop a little bit, which is understandable. But he might go to a team where that may not necessarily be a need at the moment. But also, it's like a double-edged sword. If you're a top 100 guy, they kind of want you to play right away. And that injury yeah. may not be lingering. It just may not be fully ready to go for mini camps in like two weeks. But he's, but I think far and away, he's the number one prospect, right? To come out of the Mountain West. I don't think it would. I think so. I don't think. I don't think it'd be shocking if I, I guess the way, I guess what the most shocking pick I've ever heard we've had, Richard Penny, first round pick to Seattle. Like, I don't think anything will surprise, surprise, surpass that, right? As being as a out of nowhere pick. Or is there anything else that anyone else I'm missing that could be considered, whoa? Well, I know, that, <laughs> you know, I, I think the Josh Allen pick going number seven overall to Buffalo in 2017. Oh, that's kind of expected. That was expected, though. It, like, it was, but it definitely generated a lot of conversation. Yeah. I just remember Richard Penny. It's like, wait, what? Wait, nothing ready for that when we were writing about that. I'm like, oh, who's doing this? I got it. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, who would surprise and jump him? Like, mm-hmm. looking, like, who else? At San Jose, he has a couple defenders that are really good. Um, who's like another guy who, who you have kind of on top of your head? Are we get to a bit here. I'm pulling up a few things to where that could be like a next kind of. Uh, pick here or there. So, I'm, I'm leaning so towards I'm, San Jose State guys. Like, Fajoko could be a guy for me. Now, see, I'm I'm of two minds about this, so I don't know if you want to tackle your your idea first or mine. Hey, go ahead. You start us off. Okay, because I do think that, you know, after Skinner, the next likely guy is, is going to be, in my estimation, one of two guys from Fresno State. Jake Hainer mm-hmm. or Jalen Marino Cropper. So players, I'm yes. interested. I'm interested in who you think you know among those two is like one. Which one do you think is likely to get selected first? And two, is that is he your choice, the second guy off the board after Skinner? Like Fahoko a bit, but I'll go with your question. I, I can see here's the reason. I I'll default like if we th- if we're thinking of mind of a GM or like what NFL wants, they always want the quarterback. That's why. Will for some reason Will Levis's odds have jumped up to be number two pick overall to the Texans, who are kind of already saying they don't want a quarterback, which is weird that they a don't want one and b it so out of it with with Will Anderson on the board. That's that's not that weird. No, I mean I'm saying like well, but I know, but if they want Will Levis quarterback, it's like for what they for what what I mean what Texans have been projecting and saying out loud that we're not getting a quarterback. We want it. Maybe the guy linebacker I think from Texas Tech defender. Then somehow Levis, or yeah, Levis, excuse me, jumped up huge the other day to be like the number two behind C, uh, Bryce Young, excuse me. So that's mm-hmm. weird. Because um, look at Bugler's, like, he has Jake Cater six overall as quarterback, fourth round grade. It depends, like, you want potential, because, like, Hendon Hooker, some people like him a lot. Obviously, Anthony Richardson is just, we'll see what he can do athletic wise, clearly off the charts. I'd have to say, just because what NFL teams want is Jake Cater. And the quarterback looking here, like it's the great. He puts a grade in these guys. It's four first round, four first rounders: Levis, Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. 
Mm-hmm. And then Hedden Hooker second. Some people are like, well, maybe he looked good for he he tore his was was he one of tore his knee up during the season last I year? Believe it was ACL, name? yeah. The ACL. So mid season, mid mid to late last year, he's gonna be picked in the first round. He may not be ready, mm-hmm. which you would think that it depends. Again, do, do teams want to take a guy early that early to have him sit and recover and you need a quarterback, or could he go to a team? Say that just off the top of my head, like the Dallas Cowboys who pick kind of later. Somebody picks Kirk Cousins for the Vikings and let him sit for a while. But if you're sitting that late, you're kind of close to winning. So it depends. But then he drops all the way down to fourth round for Jay Kaner. We saw what he could do in college. He can throw the ball very well. He throw great receivers. He's playing with Jeff Tedford's offense, Kalen DeBoer's offense. People like look what Kalen DeBoer did with the Michael Penix Jr. up in Washington. Like that's pretty amazing. Him coming in and having those guys playing those offenses proves his success, which could lead to him. Well, he played multiple offenses. Look what his coach has bred good quarterbacks to doing good things, what Tedford has done, and then DeBoer's done as well. I think Kaner would go because people want quarterbacks. If I'm going to take a surprise pick to be higher, it might then JL Skinner or probably be Jay Kaner just because teams want quarterbacks. Not that he may necessarily be the better player than Skinner or better pro or even a better prospect at the selection he's taken at. But teams just want quarterbacks. Scarcity batters. And scarcity and like potential. Because they have guys like they have freaking Tanner McKee, who's barely played and hasn't done well, like a top 10 quarterback. Quarterback cost isn't great overall. If you think about it. The only proven guys, in my opinion, actually, it might be just like one CJ Stroud, really. Bryce Young's height, he's great, but that's always an issue, which I don't I hate talking about, but he he'll be really good, I think. Richardson's a complete unknown. He could be Achilles Smith or he could be Josh Allen. Like that's a dumb example. Everybody says it, but he there's a big freak athletic quarterbacks who are great or not great. And then they have Will Elvis, who's kind of got hurt last year. And then and Hooker, same thing. Like there's not a great quarterback class. So he could be like, could he be like a Grayson, uh, Garrett Grayson, who got took in third round New Orleans a couple years ago, decade ago, maybe from CSU? I think he's I better than him. I considered that, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, but never I, I, talk I about your pick, man. Point. No, I, I definitely not... see your point. I hadn't I hadn't considered that you know the the team might be that needy for quarterback play. Because if you're going to third or fourth round picks, that's anywhere from like 100 to 140 with compensation com, ah, compensation picks. I can't say the other word. I'm gonna com, I'm not gonna try compensation picks. I'll go there. That's so mm-hmm. I can never say it. Top that that pick range. You're going to a team that's a not gonna start you right away unless you're Texans and you brought in um. Who did get drafted? Miles Davis from Stanford a couple years ago. He started. You're going to team to be backup. You're probably hopeful to maybe in three years get some playing time. Like, but it's a team where you come in to kind of be insurance for a guy who, like the Rams, would be a good spot maybe. So because Matt um, Matt Safford's kind of hurt there for a minute. It could uh, be even in New Orleans because even though they brought in Derek Carr. He may not be around forever. And quarterbacks, I it's funny. My radio show, which I worked with a guy playing on the NFL, Scott Mitchell, for a dozen years. People are like, remember what, what was the contract that freaking Russell Wilson got? Was it ten years, Matt? Something like that in Denver. He's like 35, 32. Yeah. People aren't playing until Tom Brady's age of forty-four. So if you have a quarterback thirty-two plus, they probably got a couple more years in them for the most part, based on thousands of year, thousands of data points from historic quarterbacks who played till mid thirties aren't very good. So you can see Denver, or not Denver, but yeah, maybe even Denver, who knows. But teams have quarterbacks in that range. That could be where he could go, where he could hang out for a couple of years and play. But I like Jalen Moreno Cropper. He'll probably go later because there's a lot of wide receivers, but he is dang good. Like, I am surprised he's not getting more buzz to be higher. Is that shocking to you at all? Not necessarily. 
Because I think well, it, it also comes down to the fact that, you know, other other than Bryce Young, which I, I think that the height thing is overblown. And and I would say also CJ Stroud, every other quarterback in this year's class has at least one big question. Yeah. That they'll have to answer. In Hayner's case, I think that you know, the the size thing maybe does matter a little more just because he doesn't have all of Young's physical tools. Mm-hmm. Um, That's and I do think that for you know for as as productive as he has been when he's been on the field for the Bulldogs over the last three years, you know the last couple of seasons he did miss time to injuries in both of those cases, and so I do think that you know it's sort of maybe a, a high floor, low ceiling backup profile at least not to start with, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like you can make a twelve year NFL career out of something like that. Chase Daniel. I talk, he gets talked about all the time because how much well, he makes it. So the, the comp that I've <laughs> been seeing a lot of is, is Taylor Heineke. That's, that's not too who, bad. He starts occasionally. Yeah, he who, gets Aaron you know, Jordan when he wins. He obviously isn't like, you know, the, the most naturally gifted quarterback in the NFL, but he, he's adequate. He's solid. If nothing else. He's got, he, he has wins as a professional quarterback in the national football league. Yes. That's pretty good. But I think you're right. I think that's kind of his destination. Unless there's always guys that exception to the rule. But I think, plus also people like when he got hurt versus UCLA, he kept playing. People like that stuff. Oh, he played. He kind of could got through a few things. And oh, he yeah. could be a guy where I do think like kind of a QB2 get a chance to start here or there. Like Marcus, yeah. Mar- no, not Marcus Mariota, but something where he kind of starts here or there and gets good. There's that gets sort of kind push of a and pull of, of, of demand versus questions. Yeah, but you're right. All the quarters, a lot of questions at quarterback. There's the only one, like, if I pick it number one, like, go with CJ Stroud. Look, look what he did at Ohio State. I get it. He has the best offensive line, the best receivers. He's on one of the best teams in the country. How will he fare if he goes to clearly not a good team and has to do do lots of different stuff and maybe run a little bit, which he didn't really do all that much except for a game or two here or there, where he has to extend plays and has to make better passes to guys who aren't just open because they're that freakish athletes when you're playing. There's a big difference between throwing against Northwestern DBs and throwing up against um, Miami Dolphin DBs. It's kind of a big difference. So we'll see. Yeah. But going to Cropper. So, the, the, oh. Yeah, I was going to say Go with, with Marino Cropper, I think it's the opposite problem, which is essentially that it's a numbers game. And, uh, you know, the number of quality pass catchers in this year's draft are legion. <laughs> I have a question for you. I'm not sure. I'm going to ask you this real quick. So I'm looking at his 40 time. He's ranked 31st in, in Brugler's, uh, the beast draft guide. He went a four, four forty. Where, where does that rank essentially of anybody above him? Not overall, but of the top 30 receivers, where do you think that ranks? Uh, oh, you know what? I know you're trying to catch me off guard, but I've actually got Dane Brugler's the beast open in front of me. It's me too. So like the top five. Top three or something. It's very yeah, over like yeah, that's yeah, I'm not trying to get you surprise you a little bit, not get you, but like, hey, well, that's interesting. But I he went a four four oh four four at the combine, or when maybe I don't know if it's combine or pro day. But there's the only players like fast, like Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, who's really good, had a four four zero. You have like uh, Marvin Mims Jr., four four three eight, and then that's about it, right? Like he had like the third fastest. Of the top 31 receivers, that's what I'm going off. But so his fa- time is fast. And that's play that plays in the NFL. If you're that fast, 
And his 10 split time was faster than pretty much anybody's 1.150. There's only a couple guys faster than him or as fast. So that's that plays a big role for him to get open. But you're right. There's so many good receivers. All the athletes are playing wide out because why not play wide receiver? And he, while he's a six, seven round projection, we've seen what he could do. Like he makes plays for Fresno State. He's been a multi-year guy. It's not Keyshawn Johnson a couple years ago. I think he's still at the Cardinals, I believe, where like one, one and a half years. He had a million catches. I think Cropper's better than him. I think maybe. I just like what he what we saw at first. Like he's amazing. Yeah, and I do think you know that versatility is going to serve him well. I think that the big question is, you know, considering his overall size, like obviously he's not alone in terms of like you know short, lighter receivers in this year's draft. You mentioned Jordan Madison, same height, but also you know Zay Flowers, who you mentioned earlier. you know, other guys like that, Tyler Scott, Marvin Mims, whomever, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 170 in that neighborhood. And so I think the question with Cropper that I've seen come up more than anything is, okay, well, is he going to play in the slot or is he going to play outside? Because last mm-hmm. year, according to Football Focus, he saw the lion's share of his playing time as an outside receiver. But in the two years before that, he operated mostly out of the slot. And so I think part of the question that the NFL teams are going to answer when they decide whether to pick him versus, I don't know, 12 peers that are probably in that same neighborhood, you know, of of potential mid-round picks like, you know, Nathaniel Dell or uh, A.T. Perry or or guys like that. Do they think he's going to be able to play outside? Because I think that's going to dictate how soon he's picked versus how he might slide. In the same way that, for example, they're not the same kind of player, but I think none of us expected that Kula Shakir would last until the fifth round last year. The guys don't Buffalo quite well. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in that situation. But I do think, that like, yeah, you know, if he does end up in that situation, that he's not going to fall that much farther than Shakir uh, than, than Shakir did. Excuse me. No, but also you mentioned versatility, returning kicks and punts. If you can do that, there's a guy, Philadelphia Eagles, Britton Covey, played at University of Utah, so I'm a little more familiar. Never played receiver in the, I don't think he played maybe five snaps if I'm being generous on offense. All he has to do, fair catch the ball. He made roster. Fair catch. Don't fumble the ball because the Eagles had fumble problems the year before. Just fair, mm-hmm. that's all I did. Fair catch every punt. So he, and he barely played wide receiver, if at all. So if you can return reasonably well and not screw up, and you're a pretty good receiver, you're taking up one and a half roster spots right there. And that's what the NFL likes to see. Like, like you're right. If he plays inside, outside, I don't know if they'll mix him up or you want to kind of one definitive position because if you're going, you're bouncing around that receiver spot. Yes, you're good. And versatility is nice, but you kind of want to kind of own that spot where you're going to be at, whether it may be, it kind of, and it could depend what team he goes to because that matters of where they see you playing more productive for them. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back to my guy. Okay. I, I, I call him my guy, but Lamit Fahoko from San Jose State. He's a uh, he's pretty good, right, Matt? He's a good defender they have there for Fresno or Jimmy San Jose State the past couple of years. He's and the Mountain West, yeah, and the Mountain West is known for defenders, like in the NFL. Like, there's quite a, a lot of guys out there that do good things. But for him, like I saw some polls, like he's like out of the couple of guys we mentioned, Skinner and like Moreno Copper or. Even Jay Kaner, he's guy probably gets votes just behind them to be uh, selected. And mm-hmm. 
it all it all matters. Like it's here we're talking about the NFL's draft stuff. It's if we're not being honest, it's like a crab trip where some of these guys going after like pick forty eight. Like I'm not exaggerating. Once you get past like maybe right, midway through the second round, there's guys like who this guy from North Central Connecticut State. Why he was taken number seventy six by the uh, Green Bay Packers? Like what is going on? So some of these picks like. We could be way off. Like we say, oh, Skinner could be picked number 92. He could go 110 and still be the first guy off the board. It all depends. But when you look at Fahoko, his grade for Bugler is like a fifth round. So, mm-hmm. and he's 24th at the uh, edge rusher. Like you have guys, obviously, the first round is loaded. Will Anderson, Lucas Van Ness, Don't Smith, those guys, Terry Wilson, a bunch of guys who are really good. And when you, and the also guys like Tuli Tupiolu from USC, who's like, really good but he didn't help that Trojan defense Trojan defense last year for guys that make plays like he he is up there's they're projecting Matt oh my gosh like maybe 20 guys as a top 120 pick here that's wild for yeah. this edge position there's but a it's a it's a bull market he, for for edge rushers you're not getting Aaron Donald up the middle but do you want a former Julius Peppers it's not too bad right guys off the edge who just burst mm-hmm. in speed and Fahok goes out super fast but you don't necessarily need to be all that fast, like the fastest fit 40 here. I'm looking at like four, five, one, or I see a four, four, nine from DJ Johnson, Oregon. But we've seen what, what he can do, like his production wise and what, not just him, but the whole spark, what Brett Brennan has done, the whole Spartans defense for like Kate Hall. You have, I'm not sure if you feel the name space right now. I haven't looked at rosters in a minute, but the past couple of years, like when the one amount was tied on 2020, their D- DBs have always been what they've been pretty good at. Even they're not great. We'd always have the joke, the rush defense is terrible, but they have good guys like Kate Hall, Fahoko. That could be teams. Could look at, all right, this San Jose C defense is actually really good overall. And who are they playing? Okay, they're playing like, like they played USC, they play Fresno, they play Boise, some pretty above average offenses. These guys are still making plays. But it all just depends, again, what the freaking NFL, NFL wants. But he's a guy where I could see him being one of those guys, be maybe shoot up. I'm, I'm probably a projector. Everybody go higher map because that's what we do here. Why not? Because it's have fun with it. But if you have, hopefully if you have projection at college at this position, I don't think you can really fake beating guys off the edge or right or left tackle or go and do a swim move and go inside to get between, get between those positions. Like if you're, if you can beat a guy on the edge of that first step, that's huge. And I don't think, you know, you you think back to the Auburn game last year and that was far and mm -hmm. away, you know, the toughest assignment that the Spartans had to deal with. And he didn't look out of place in that game. No, he looked great. And some of it, these guy teams or guys are like, well, you only played these teams. And there is something to do by playing for USC or playing for San Jose State for who your competition is. You go and play who your schedule is. And maybe they developed when they're 20 and a half instead of 17 and a half going from high school to college to your junior to senior year in college that way. So mm-hmm. there's part of that. It's like, well, that's why he's at that school. Like you see guys like, why is there this school here? Like, you got Andre Carter, second from Army. He dipped a bit from this year, but he's still Army doesn't get guys drafted very often. And what interesting thing we should note about this draft too, like not to go off on this tangent, but we still have the COVID year. So I'm looking here. There's like a lot of six year senior guys on here. So it's interesting. Look at the age thing. So this one's very interesting. Keon White from Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. six year senior. They put the exact age, twenty four point two seven years old, almost. Mm-hmm. Oldest guy, Byron Young, Tennessee, 25.12. Then you have guys who are 21.65, like Will Anderson Jr. Or I don't know why I put a junior. That's what it just says on here. Tyree Wilson, 22, almost 23. So I wonder if any age could play into factor here. 
because yes. there's a lot of talk where I'm at, like BYU yes. guys are a bit older because they go on their their church mission and like, well, is that a good thing, a bad thing? They're a bit older. It's you lose years for lifespan NFL. So I do wonder how it, that could play in this draft. It Probably generally means drafts. that they're just they're closer to their their ultimate ceiling. Yeah. And when you look at where's Fahoko's at here? Oh shoot, I passed it. Was he 30? Oh, no, oh yeah, sorry. I was looking at his number. So that's on the on the sl- I, sl- older edge. But this is crazy. Did you oh my god? I'm 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 fascinated by this now. I'm gonna go. This is interesting. Do you see Tuli Tupio 2 What is ages for USC? He's not even 21 years old yet. He's a third year junior. Like a junior. How does he graduate early from high school or something? I just noticed that like, whoa, but the age does matter a bit here and there because it's a position. So if you're a younger guy, it's like they, they may take a a chance on you and know you still have maybe two years before like truly, truly could maybe grow another half inch if he's not even 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Like I'm serious. Like you can still grow into like 22, 23. So that could be just something I noticed there about where guys go. So that's kind of a weird thing, but they look at, that's why we look at the draft stuff. Like Brugler has 22.01 years old for guys like Mike Morris here from Michigan. The reason they put the height that six foot three inches, exactly six zero three zero their NFL draft. They look at everything. And I, I, I think Fahoko could be a guy where he could move up above where he's, where he's selected or projected here. But again, this is just one guy's uh draft pick, but when you are productive at this position, I think it it, it carries over a bit. It, some mm-hmm. positions don't like just because of your offense or scheme. That's why it's hard. Like maybe some receivers are hard to figure out, or maybe some quarterbacks. Because like if we go back to Josh Allen thing, Matt's like, well, he didn't have the NFL talent his last year when we compared to him before. And look what he's doing. It just took a little bit of coaching or a little bit of better talent around him to show he's really good. All right, what so other directions should we go? Here? Yeah, what players should we look at now? Do they have a certain team or a certain player that okay, um, has so, so your fancy? Let's talk a little bit about Kyle Patterson. Ah, right in my mind, I want to go because, to two tight end Air Force. Because, you know, Air Force tight end prospect, you know, like Skinner, you know, in a, and, you know, tight end isn't quite as deep as, as wide receiver, but you know, there are definitely sure. some guys, you know, who are considered to be sort of the top shelf guys. And Patterson, for you know, despite his physical profile, despite what he obviously brought to the Air Force offense over three seasons, health concerns, man. Yeah, you know, having missed time in both 2021 and 2022 with knee injuries, it's a pretty simple so question: Do you think Patterson will get drafted, or do you think he'll slip into undrafted free agency? Tell me. An academy player doesn't get drafted. I'd take money on that every day. Air Force, Navy, otherwise, because tight end is top heavy. Would you guys like Michael Bayer, um, Don Kincaid? You have all a couple of guys who could be a couple of first round picks taken in the uh, tight end position, maybe in first round, at least possibly one. I'm I'd lean toward undrafted because injuries, players to the academy, those are all a couple of docs right there. So. I would hope he gets drafted. I'd like for him to get drafted, but that may not always be the best scenario for his uh, position to succeed at tight end. So, yeah, that's where I'm leaning. I, he could. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets like a late round guy, but it's just too many marks against him for where he played school and injuries to say he'll get drafted. He probably has a talent to do that because now the academy guys can now 
kind of postpone or do their military obligations throughout the year and off season, stuff like that, because it's pretty cool. Hey, I'm an NFL player. Come join the air force. Come join the army. Look what you can do more things. But I, I would like for him to be drafted. I still don't know if he will. It's kind of a long ass space. God, again, it's like the opposite of, Oh, your school produces this position. We may take you eight spots higher. Your school never gets players drafted because you're always undersized and you're injured and you're an offense that never passes the ball. That's a big ass to take a, a guy who does fits that mold. Not his fault where he's at, but just in general, it's like, well, you caught what two point one ball passes, two point one passes a game. You caught thirty passes all year. That's uh, hard to know how good he really is. Yeah, and I do think that you know, I mean, I'm inclined to agree, but I I think that the the injury history is going to be the the bigger factor more so than you know having come from the academy because. You know, physically speaking, there's no doubt that he stacks up with anybody else in the draft class. You know, listed at six foot five and 260 pounds. Like, if somebody right wants him to have that role as an inline blocking tight end, like he can fill that role pretty well. Go to the Eagles. <laughs> it's honestly, yeah. If you pair him with you know Dallas Godard or something like that, I could see yeah. worse fates. <laughs> um it's just a matter of whether somebody sees enough value in that to tab him as like a seventh round draft pick, I think. Yeah, it's it'll take a guy because looking at the tight end position, like the top 30 picks or player ranks for tight ends. So the top hundred guys, you have seven tight ends, and he's not in the top seven, obviously. And I'm leaning undraft. Like your draft profile leans towards seventh round pick undrafted. And yeah, just tight ends are like, well, they're tight ends. People, if he if he catches the ball pretty well, he has the size for it, but you're right, he's more of a blocking type guy. Was it um I can't think of his name, so I'm gonna pass on that. But I, I would like to see the Air Force guy be drafted, right? That's pretty cool. It doesn't happen very Second often. Year in a row. Oh, try. I was gonna say when's the last time been drafted by for last year. So never mind. Never <laughs> ruined something there. So um, who else like we got any more intriguing guys? Like anybody from like um Jesse Matthews. Why you were more high in him throughout the past couple years from San Diego State wide receiver. He he's not necessarily similar to Kyle Patterson, but his efficiency was good, but his raw numbers weren't because the offense they ran. Is there a do you think like there's a spot for him in the NFL? Because I know receivers are extremely deep, so it's hard to say, yeah, he'll find a spot with this team. But I wonder if teams will look at, okay, when he got the ball, he actually did good things. I'm kind of, because uh, that's kind of like the Air Force mold of Patterson. He got the ball, did good things, but he didn't get it enough. And so you wonder, is it your scheme? Is it your school? Is it your quarterback? Is it competition or whatever? Do you think there's a spot for him somewhere? I do think it's interesting that despite the fact he's 5'10 and 189 pounds, that he also left pro day with a vertical jump of 36 inches. That's not bad for that, for that, uh, that height. Am I wrong? No, that's good. That's solid. It means he gets up there. <laughs> and I, and it's sort of interesting too. coincidentally, Nico Remigio from Fresno state is sort of in that same boat as sort of a, a fringe. Will he, or won't he get selected type of player. Also five foot 10, uh, also a, a 36 inch vertical jump. Yeah, I wonder uh, it's these guys it's I like like you I, like did, I mean I, I like both like of those more. guys mm-hmm. 
I think what helps both of them too is they've both contributed on special teams in the past. Mm. But I don't know. And I think that that has less to do with them individually and more to do with the fact that there are about a million different wide receiver prospects in this year's class. Yeah, Jesse Matthews and the Buglers list as a priority free agent, kind of best of the rest type of guy. Mm-hmm. And and, sp- and speaking receiver. of wide receivers and their vertical jumps, it's also worth noting too that Elijah Cooks, at uh, six foot three and a half, had a vertical of thirty seven and a half. Interesting. I wonder if I mean I'm I'm trying to look it up on the fly as I talk, but I wonder sort of how that measures up with. Uh, you know, past sort of strong, and, and I'm looking at, you know, vertical jumps in the 40s now. So maybe it's not that eye-popping, but I thought it was at least mildly interesting. Well, if you look at really quick, next to him is Sean Cohen. Five, exact, basically the exact same height, 37 and a half inch. It's <laughs> not bad, but but you see guys where, yeah, it's, yeah, Remigio is about the same there. But you have guys like Elijah Cooks, like you mentioned, like 37 and a half, and he's six foot three. Like, yeah, I mean the 37 and a half vertical jump. I, I had to look it up on my draftable. It's still the 76th percentile. Yeah. And, and it, I was scrolling, I wonder if I was scrolling through some of these names, and and one name that sort of came up, and I'm like, and, and looking at, at Cook's uh, you know, physical profile, it's like, huh, Robert Meacham also had a 37 and a half inch vertical, <laughs> was also roughly 6'2 and 210 pounds. <laughs> Um, that's kind of interesting. And also, well, Cooks isn't quite as fast. He had a 4.49 and, and Meacham had a 4.39. But, you know, that might be the kind of physical profile that gets him a late round flyer. You never know. I thought of this now. This would be a great stat to put in there. You mentioned the percentile of the height, but there should be a way to, this is like a stat nerd, me thinking about this a comparison where because not every vertical is the same because if you I guess it maybe it is. Am I okay, I'm trying to think what this is. Cause I guess you're the same thing. You're jumping off the ground. Are you jumping okay, this might be dumb. I could be completely off my rocker. This is dumb. Because a vertical jump is you hitting the little thing like the dog yeah, yeah. like you just hit the little tap. So it, it doesn't matter if you're six foot nine or five foot two. If you jump and hit the same one, you're still reaching the same height, right? Obviously. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a tool. Okay, maybe I'm on something here. There should be some statistic or something like, what if this guy was six foot two and he did that same jump, but he's five foot eight? Does that make sense? Like, if you have an so extremely... you're talking about like the vertical jump equivalent of, of speed score. I guess. Like, think of Spud Webb in basketball. Very small guy. Mm-hmm. He could dunk like crazy. What if he was six foot two or six foot four, not five foot five? Like there's a no, and, and for those maybe. for those for those uh our listeners who aren't familiar with what speed score is, um, I'm just do you mind if I throw the definition out there real quick? Go for it. So the idea is that it's a it's a way that it was a sort of a formula that was invented by footballoutsiders.com as a way of measuring the likelihood that running backs in particular were going to be um you know potentially you know good prospects coming out of college. So it's based on sort of uh, you know, a hundred is average and, and below that is not good. And anything above that is good. And it's a way of sort of correlating height, weight, and 40 time. Because so yeah, the, the idea, the idea being that a guy who's six foot two in Corona four, three, five is a lot more impressive than somebody who's like five, eight 
and 170 pounds. Yeah, or like that big offensive lineman goes to 499. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. he did what now? Yeah, that's what I'm getting like some sort of comparison tool where imagine this guy was taller. But so I just had thought of, thought about that. But the, there's guy like looking there's a million receivers, like receivers like a diamond does, it seems like. So where these guys could be taken, like Jesse Matthews, is Tyler Shavers, he's in the draft, correct? Yes. Okay. Because he's also another San Diego State guy. So I won't try to see. I don't even know if he's listed on Bugler's list here. Oh, yeah, yes. He's who 148. <laughs> he's way down there. So he's uh, beyond priority free agent. So, but again, all these guys, like, it's there could be the smallest thing to, to why you get drafted or not drafted or free agent or not, or you sign with the Titans or the Cowboys or the Dolphins or the Jaguars. There's always some small thing, like, there's a guy right here. I never heard of the school. Have you heard of Henderson State? No. <laughs> Is that no, in Nevada? <laughs> I just see this guy, Xavier Below at Henderson State. I just stopped right there. I'm like, I'm now I'm curious where this is at. And where's Henderson State? Um, no, it's in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. So there you go. Huh. <laughs> so you learn stuff all the time. But like like the draft is fascinating to me because it's just interesting to why some players go here or there. Like the first round whatever there's always some surprises but to see like these small school guys are like these guys who had amazing production just go undrafted so i i, I don't know who else are we who else would you be looking at here within the, with the mountain west like any all like let's go to logan bonner he he's an interesting case a little bit just because quarterback from utah state formerly obviously now in the draft he came over from arkansas state followed blake anderson there he had a knee injury I don't know how well he'll be drafted, but he's a guy when he played well, he had reasonably good production with the Aggies. This past year, not great, like the Alabama game, Louisiana Weber State, he got hurt. But the year before, when he actually was named, when he's healthy and got named a starting quarterback, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Like he was really good. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, it, like, injury wise or switching schools, maybe that will come into play. Like he's not listed higher than Hayner, obviously. I'm trying to think any other quarterback. I don't, again, it's, then he's a guy where, oh, sure, we'll take it to seventh round. Like, was it Cole McDonald? It should be Cole McDonald got picked super late by the Titans just because. Mm-hmm. It's like, why not? So I wonder a quarterback's like, oh, we'll try it. We'll take, we'll draft three quarterbacks. Why not? So I don't wonder if he could fit that category. But that wasn't, what did he have? It wasn't ACL. Was it a broken foot? Wasn't that what it was? I believe so. Yeah. You recall? I'm not even finding him list on Bugler's draft boards. Maybe this is a terrible example to bring up here. <laughs> I thought he might like. He's a reasonably good quarterback, right? Well, I mean, he proved it for about a year and a half. Yeah, maybe it wasn't enough. Sorry, <laughs> I tried to bring up a guy like, hey, this could be somebody. Yeah, so, I think the the one guy I'm rooting for, which I know it's probably a long shot, is Dom Peterson in Nevada. Oh, you love yourself some Dom Peterson. I do. Um, I'm I'm on. I've been on board the bandwagon for years now. I'm a charter member. Uh, outside of the <laughs> Reno chapter, zero zero two. There's zero zero one. Yeah, but the, I, you know the, the big question is you know for as productive as he was at Nevada, you know I think the size thing is going to be a really big factor for him because you know he listed it you know he listed at the at the pro day I believe it only six foot and three hundred pounds, which is pretty. Correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty undersized for most defensive tackles these days. Correct. I can take a quick look, but see, but like he's, he looks a pretty big out there and he played for Nevada. Right. Yeah. And, and 
you know, and I think, you know, more so than that, I think, you know, to, to be able to win in the NFL, like you have to have like, you know, NFL teams cover like those big sort of rangy limby guys. Right. And I, mean, I think, bro, if they, I think if it's at, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, cause I was looking through, through Brugler's beast document and I'm looking through the list of, of defensive linemen right now. And so one thing that jumps out to me immediately is that Peterson, for for all the production that he had with the Wolfpack, if I'm looking at this correctly, he is one of two guys on this entire page, which is roughly 60-something names, that has an arm length under 30 inches. It's the the lowest figure on the page that I'm seeing, 28 and 18 inches. And I wonder whether that sort of unique physical profile is ultimately going to work against him, especially when stacked up against other sort of fringy guys. And coincidentally, the other guy who's listed under 30 is Jonah Tavai from San Diego State. Interesting. So find it and right so here. Average height, I, I, average... I think that I think that both guys have a chance to you know defy to defy the odds and and carve out a role for themselves on the next level. But I I do wonder if it is more likely that they'll follow sort of the uh, what you might call the Malik Malik Reed career path, you know, where he wasn't drafted, but he was picked up pretty quickly and is, you know, bounced around a little bit, but he's been mildly productive when he's been on the field. So what was I his size? Something pick? similar for both Peter. So Peterson is listed at six foot even and 300 pounds. Okay. The average NFL defense tackle is six, three, one, four, one and a quarter inch. Mm-hmm. Weight size defensive tackle three oh nine point seven five. So that kind of answers a little bit of the question. It's a big question. Yeah, because if your arms are short, it's like you can't get up to knock down passes. Mm-hmm. You're probably not. I could do a swim move or a tuck move where you kind of hook them to get around. Your arms are short. You're playing defensive tackle. Your speed isn't your concern because you're not Aaron Donald with bull rush up the middle. So you have to use some sort of. That's what you'd want to use, obviously. Like you want to get a big push and go because mm-hmm. you're not going to have speed to slide through or do whatever defensive scheme you're going to do at tackle. Defensive tackle guys are basically there to take up space to open up your linebacker to blitz or something or do like a stunt with your defensive end mm-hmm. or something on the, along those right rounds. So he's a pretty stout guy, but like offensive lineman NFL. Like I found this the website I'm looking at. The average offensive lineman who's going up against probably a garter center are hold on. Three between three hundred and five and three hundred sixteen pounds. So that's maybe his production. He's maybe being touched smaller. Is a bit is a bit quicker. Could slide. He could maybe slide through a little bit. Like that's funny to say six foot whatever a smaller guy, but maybe that's a possibility where he's just a little bit quicker and that can make a difference. Where okay, there's a spot for him, or maybe move him to defensive end where that's kind of hard too because he'd be oversized for that spot. So he's kind of like in between. Which is not a great fit to be if you're trying to make the NFL. If you're between a defensive tackle where average weight is 310, defensive end 277. So he's kind of like eh, not in the best position body wise, size, just because of the way he's built. Mm. So just a thought. So my Logan Bonner was a whiff. Your Don Peterson was a great thing to talk about. I apologize, people, about that. Um, I do like an underrated running back. Can I stick with Utah State? Is that allowed? Or my my out of my of Utah State uh, talk talking points here? Calvin Tyler Jr. Remember him? Not Turner. Tyler. I, I wonder if yeah. he could be. 
he he did good things, right? When he played well, same with um well George did George wait, okay, here's a dumb question. Because I've been busy. Did George Lani declare for the draft or is he returning? He's returning. No, he's right? returning. Okay. Or he never knows. Okay. I was like, I remember there was a legit discussion or DMs there, buddy, about wait, did George Lani go pro? We're not sure about that. But he's in a similar boat where when he played well, Utah State played quite well. And he's a little bit of a versatile running back for what he can do. I don't know if he'll be drafted or not, because not like mountainous running backs are not a ton to get drafted. Like there's Couple San Diego State guys get drafted here. We have Alexander Madison. Boise State had quite a few for a while. So there's a decent like even Ronnie Rivers was like, eh, he'll get t- taken, but he's not gonna do all that much just for whatever reason, despite him being a versatile freak, returning kicks, catching passes at the backfield. I just like for what he did. I'm trying to see where he's listed here on Bugler's list. It may take me a second to find him, but I do I look my theme, NFL guys, if you're a guy who can play in multiple spots, you're he's gonna find a place overall, by the way. Okay. Wonder where that would. Does it say around next? Am I control F is being slow? There he is. No, 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 no. He's a, he's in the best of the rest category. Okay, running. Although, here's the although team. interestingly, he is behind two other Mountain West running backs, Toatau and Titus Winnipeg. That's right. Running backs are interesting because obviously, life shelf very minimal in the NFL. But then again, you could also be a random dude and have like not draft or late draft round, late round pick, late round pick, excuse me, and burst on the scene and be amazing. Like there was a, well, who was it? James Robinson from the Jaguars a couple years ago, undrafted, yep. was like one of the best running backs in the NFL and did quite a good thing. Like if you play fantasy football or something or even watching real football, he played quite well and made touchdowns, yards. He did quite everything, did everything quite well. So, there's not there's a chance like this they could be make a team and do well. Unlikely because his speed's not great. Four five two. His 10 yard speed about average. But I just I like what it's what he play. Like I like guys to make plays. Like that's why I loved Ronnie Rivers so much. Why I liked Calvin Turner Jr. so much from Hawaii. Like guys who could do multiple things, you would think they'd find a spot in the NFL. And but they're not they're not drafted as often, so that's a knock against them. Like there's a story of Bijan Bijan Robinson from Texas. He only visited with two teams. He's probably a top ten athlete overall, but he's probably not going to be taking that high because of value wise and how long he'll be good. Derrick Henry is the anomaly by miles, and teams are running a lot like with Emmett Smith or Thurman Thomas or Barry Sanders 10, 20 years ago or Damian Tomlinson. Guys aren't doing that. They're shot when they're pretty young. So not surprising he's that low. But there's forty other running backs ahead of him essentially forty six. So. I would like to think they'll find a spot like running backs will be taken because you n- literally never know if this random guy who is from checks notes here, Bethune Cookman or East Tennessee state or Bethel or Brown could come in and do something very good. Like remember Mike Davis from the Broncos. He went to the, mm-hmm. like he's an older guy went to uh, serve in the army. I believe what it was. It came out and did a super bowl MVP, stuff like that. Like I think it was, or played very well for the Broncos, maybe the MVP late, super late round pick. Like Dedrick Parsons, number 71, 72 on this list. Brad Roberts is 71 from Air Force. Amazing career he had. Running backs are just, I like, I'd like to see these guys because they've all had, they all bring different things. Like Toy Tao, four year starter. He catches the ball in the backfield. He does good things. So I don't know. I just, I just, I just want to see these running backs get picked. And I, I bet, I'm betting, would you agree that probably all of those will get picked up on some level, like a free agent deal or at least a rookie deal? Camp, yeah, I and we have and we didn't mention him, but I would throw Jordan Mims in there as well. 
Oh, that's right. Yes, Jordan Mims. He, uh, where is he listed on here? Do you see that? He was above all those guys we just mentioned. Oh, oh, he got a full blurb from the Beast here. Still, still a priority free agent, but yes. Okay. All right. Just curious. Just wondering. Okay, I must have missed that. I was going through. I didn't see that, but he, he was. He's kind of similar to uh, not quite Ronnie Rivers like, but in the same neighborhood, right around the corner, I guess. Yeah. Here he's number twenty-seven overall. So yeah, he. Injury one year, that's correct, in 2019. He's one of the older guys where he played five full years plus the red shirt. So, bowl game MVP, obviously, a couple years ago. First team all-conference. Led the team in rushing in 2017. This is an interesting stat. 2017 and 2022, he led Fresno State in rushing. That's quite the stat. However, in 2017, Matt, he only had 627 yards. <laughs> Was that like the last year, like the 1-11 in year or something? Wait, did you say 2016 or 2017? 2017. 2017 was the first Tedford year. Okay, all right. Oh, so the good year. Okay. It's just funny. He had 627 yards and led the team in rushing. Just saying. It's crazy. Any other te- Anything else we get to before we wrap it up here? Any other surprises or any other players you're itching to discuss? That, or anybody, uh, think- are, people, are people yelling at us, you miss this guy from New Mexico or from Boise State or... I think we've hit upon all the pertinent questions about this. Wait, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about offensive line play because if they're good, they're good. Fine. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So yes, John Jupel will get drafted. Yes, he will. I'm trying to think we'll just like, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. CSU, no, Nevada. We talked about it. New Mexico. Okay, hold on. Okay, last question. Last question. Super deep cut. Uh-oh. Who do you think has who do you think is the best? candidate to be this year's drawn bland why are you putting me on the spot like that i'm trying to think about it i don't know <laughs> uh that's a, <laughs> that's a very deep i don't know drawn bland okay um trying to think where he was taken Cowboys, obviously yeah i'm trying to think like oh man um. See again, the draft is so unpredictable, and you get past round four essentially, even round three, like I mentioned. Like, uh, yeah, he, like what he did for the Cowboys, he had five interceptions last year for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So, what are you referring to, like pro success or being selected? No, it's being sort of a surprise pick. Hmm. That that only people in the know, i.e., people like you and me, who pay a lot of attention to Mountain West football. Trying to think like that. So, so here's what we're doing: we're eliminating most receivers, which probably be a defender, right? That's probably what we're getting at, right? Most likely. You tell me. Can I say? Can can I go with Kate Hall? He won Mountain Player of the Year. You know what? I think Kate Hall actually retired from football. Oh, oh, sorry. That's not my reaction to that, but that's my reaction for a pick. I do recall that now on Twitter. I believe. Dang it. So that'd have been a good pick. He won Defensive Player of the Year. I do. Okay, I do remember that. Dang. Trying to think who could be a guy who kind of comes out of nowhere, late round pick. I don't know if it's anybody we discussed yet. I could go with Calvin Tyler, but I'm not going to. Um, how about this? I will say now I want to. I, I kind of want to say Titus Swen, but I don't know because we're again running backs are like. No, I will. No, I will. I'll go running back because James, James Robinson wasn't a good example. I will do this. I will go. Hmm. 
I want to say Jordan Mims, but he's in the up to too high as a blurb, so I don't think that's eligible. Is he eligible because he's got the blurb on here? I'll allow it. <laughs> no, I'm going Titus. I think Titus Swan could be that guy. I'm not confident in it, so I need to look at some more, a few more names, just kind of rattle it off the top of my head. I'm trying to think, but I think Titus Swan could be a guy who could get taken late and go like teams will go to Seattle. They need well, I guess they got um, what's his name from Michigan State last year? Was it Mitchell for his name? But mm-hmm. Couldn't he go to the Texans and somehow be their number two running number two running back? And if we're comparing, like you know, like so five interceptions was fifth in the league. So you're talking about a guy who is probably going to be. I know the Pro Bowl doesn't mean much, but probably in that category of a Pro Bowl because he had seven pass breakups. Um, that's okay, but five picks, which is reasonably good in the NFL, like fifth tied for fifth. So you're talking about a fringe Pro Bowl guy as a rookie, running back getting there. I know I'm kind of rambling. I'm trying to decipher what I want to do here. Uh man. Maybe um I don't know. Maybe Tesla. Who are you thinking about? You go. Let me give some more thought. I've been trying even getting me off guard here. What do you got? What are you thinking? I'll keep I'll decide mine in the moment. I have kind of a hunch about Hunter Reynolds. Ooh, Utah State DB. Potentially. So that's my answer. Okay. Let me look at our list here. I don't actually go through our list here. Um, that's a good one. No, I what, what what's your reasoning behind that really quick? Why look through mine? I mean, he was another one of those guys that I think didn't get enough attention as someone who made a fair share of plays after transferring to to the Aggies a couple of years ago. I mean, if nothing I else, have... I would also I would also consider him a strong candidate to be this year's Andrew Wingard, who hmm. you know maybe isn't drafted but is signed, and then four or five years from now is signing an extension with the team that signed him as a free agent. Okay, that, that's good. All right, I'm still looking through here. I'm going to do it with this. I think I'll go Alfred Edwards, offensive lineman, Utah State. I think there's a, there's some potential there for him. All right. I I, I could see Swen or him. Offensive lineman, it's hard to project how good he could be because there's not really any stats for him unless, like, sacks loud or something. But I could offensive lineman could come in and step in and play – Reasonably well. I'm running backs can too. You can find that's why that's why I think if we're looking at like if you're taking the odds here percentage wise, I think running backs are a good spot because you could plug. It seems like you could plug in a lot of guys in certain places. But I think, I'll go Alfred Edwards, Utah State, as a guy who could surprise and be a like uh, maybe second team all rookie. Would that be a consideration in that same area, same as same uh, neighborhood as Deron Bland? Yes. Okay. All right. I think that wraps up. We good. We've done enough yes. draft talk from okay. We're good. So MWR.com. We're cranking out some more draft pot draft draft profiles. Excuse me. Again, mostly for those NFL guys. So like, wait, what team? Who who is this guy? Who is this? Uh how do you pronounce this? Uh Jordan Mims. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> Look at the players. <laughs> that's the, the, the most cool. simplest name I can think of. Who is it? How do you say this guy's name? But they're almost more like Toa Tal. It's like, how do you to, 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 to how do you say this guy's name from Nevada? Or you'll get guys yeah. from Nevada. It's like, it's not Nevada. It's Nevada. No. No, no. Unless you're from Nevada, Iowa, which we know there's a city there because that was a thing a while ago when Nevada played, I want to say Iowa State and NCAA tournament about a decade ago or something. We had some fun with mm-hmm. that. But check us out, MWR.com. We'll be back next time to kind of go over the, or definitely go over some draft stuff to kind of see where players were taken and selected and kind of maybe have a better projection of who could be this standout guy who was picked up by a team or even selected. So 
just uh, hit us up on the podcast at mwr.com. Search it, Mountainless Wire, wherever you know it is, wherever we get podcasts about anywhere on the web, you can find it. So we'll see you next uh, next week and happy draft week, people. <laughs>